Grab your hiking shoes and your backpack and come out on another adventure. This is the Texas Trailhead. Oh boy, what a week indeed. Thanks again, y'all, for tuning in to the Texas Trailhead podcast. On this week's episode, I talked to you about my most recent state park visit. It's actually a state natural area. It's going to be Hill Country State Natural Area. I had such a great time, and I hope you enjoy listening to it as much as I had sweating buckets and hiking what I felt was just a small section of that lovely, lovely park. And I'm also going to just kind of ramble on a little bit about the state of things and remind y'all that one of the one of the best things to do besides staying home and, and getting healthy is spend some time in nature. So thanks again for listening. Enjoy this week's episode. Yeah, it's getting real out there, y'all. I'm recording this episode a little bit earlier in the week than I normally would um, because this weekend has been pretty busy and today's been pretty busy and there's a lot of information coming out and we're all starting to get either nervous or anxious or uncertain and I don't I don't know how I feel about everything just yet. I want everyone to to be cautious, but with every every news report and every business that's closing down, you know, in my kind of toughest times dealing with anxiousness, once I started venturing outside, that really became my escape and something that I really relied on. And I definitely feel that's something that people should consider. And I figure that if you're listening to this podcast, being in the outdoors is something that you already appreciate. But if you if you found this podcast casually, just searching for different things to listen to, then, I, you know, thanks for coming along on, on, on the journey. Um, and hopefully what you take away from this resonates with with you and your family but you know the social distancing thing is is imperative i think that's really important and you know this isn't going to be a lecture and i'm i am no scientist but everything that we've heard it's it's going to get a little yucky before it gets better and that's just the way it's going to be and and it, it's important that we, we listen to people when they say not to gather in places with a lot of people and and make sure that we're we're preventing the the spread of the of the virus in its rapid form. Because it's going around really quickly and I think that's the big thing too. So yeah, there's social distancing and there's people you know, being told to stay home. And if you're sick, obviously, by all means, you need to, you, you should stay home and, and, and get better and let your body start doing what it needs to be doing. But if you feel good, you know, I don't, 
I mean, there's definitely days when I don't want to be outside and it's a good time for me to get a lot of work done. And my job for right now is I, you know, I, I work in, in, in the retail industry. And as far as it goes, as the recording of this podcast, my store that I work for is still open. So I, you know, I, I don't have currently the ability to work from home. And, and if we do close, like I, I don't have that option. I can't sell the products sitting in my living room. But, you know, there are people that can work from home and, and finding that balance. So if you're going to be home, there's not a whole lot of outdoor recreation that you can do while you're supposed to be working. So I, I get that too. Um, but one of the things that I posed today on the Facebook page was, you know, if you are having to be home or work from home, one of the things that you can do, it's a really good opportunity to air out some of that gear that's been shoved away in a closet or in your garage since the last time you took it, <laughs> you know, put open up that sleeping bag and open up the tent and kind of spread it out and just let it air out and maybe kind of get some of the, the dust and dirt that may have accumulated on it from the last time that you missed. And who knows, maybe you feel like setting up your tent in your backyard and just laying in it with a good book when you're done with your work for the day. And I remember when I was young in elementary school, I would always get really excited about an upcoming trip. So I would pretty much beg my dad to let me put up the tent in the backyard. And this was at the time, this canvas, like eight person tent that had these metal poles. And it was this huge kind of duffel bag that you'd have to carry. Oh, I mean, I think I was in fourth grade. And I remember one time just being really curious and I was always getting into stuff and always kind of getting into trouble. And I, I like dragged this duffel bag from the garage around the front of the house through the side gate into the backyard and figured that I can just set it up by myself. And I think I did. I had set it up with him a few times. And I think this one time I had set it up by myself and I was so excited. And we had this little gray, black and white TV with the metal knobs where the top knob had like eight channels and then the bottom knob had a bunch more channels that were a lot smaller and it had the antenna and I remember him plugging it into the extension cord which was in plugged into the house and and watching TV and the tent and just thinking I was living the wilderness dream and and I think as an adult I think that's still that's still exciting and even if you can't make it out I think that's still something that's important and just spend time outside. I remember last year, a couple of years ago, when I had purchased a new tent for my daughter and I to go camping for the first time and I wanted to air it out and, and, and kind of get a feel for how it was set up. Just a Coleman two-person tent and put it up in the backyard and her and I were both really excited to have it propped up and spend some time just kind of checking it out. So by the time we set it up at camp, 
we kind of knew what to expect, but we definitely stayed in there for a little bit, or I felt maybe she wasn't as interested at the time, but I definitely laid in there for just a moment longer just to kind of bring back some memories, because at that point, that was pretty much the first time we or I had camped in a, in, in a really, really long time since junior high or middle school. So yeah, get, get all that gear and open it up and let it breathe and kind of take a tally and inventory all of your, all of your stuff, because, you know, that, that's definitely an, an important option for you right now. And the second option is just really utilize those trails and park systems that we have at our disposal. As far as I know around me, none of the parks are closed. And I use Hiking Project um, from REI to look up trails. And you can find pretty much anything. And it's user-generated. So there's reviews and stuff, which is what it is. I, I've written a few reviews for some trails down in the San Marcos, Texas area. But getting out there and just you know, going on your lunch break, if you are working from home or going out after work and just kind of expelling some of that energy. It's one of the, the things about living in central Texas is there are a lot of parks and trails around me. So really utilizing those kind of those free open public spaces where you won't be forced to be around a lot of people in in one segment. And then, of course, finally, I think go, if you have time, go out to the parks. Go out and spend time in nature at the state parks. I know the national parks, I mean, because of the time of year, the national parks were already starting to get a little busy. A lot of people were are on spring break right now. So places like Yellowstone National Park or Joshua Tree or even Big Ben are reporting some record traffic right now as it is. And then you have some of the state parks like Enchanted Rock or Colorado Bend or, you know, some of the other kind of more popular state parks, but they're they're open. And and it's important to to help the whole realm of outdoor establishments and visit these places while we can. You know, how unfortunate was it whenever we had the government shut down and some of these places weren't open? You know, we're, we're, we're not there at that moment yet. That being said, you know, there are some tips that they are sending out for people to be more prepared if you are worried about being in a crowd, you know, one of the biggest tips that they've put out is print out your information before you get there. So when it's time to check in, that process is a lot more streamlined and you're not gathered around in the headquarters or visitor center. I did see just a quick side note, Guadalupe Mountains Visitors Center or the store was closed. So that was one tidbit of information, but do what you can to prepare before you arrive to make sure that that whole process is quick and and you're not going to be in a room with a bunch of people around you because that's, that's what they're trying to avoid. But you can be in your campsite and you can just be 
on your own as much as you can, as long as the campsites aren't super full. And I get that there's there's going to be a balance between those two ideas about wanting to spend time outside, but then everyone else having the same idea and then we're not really helping the cause. The whole idea is to not be around each other for at least the two week period because they're saying we're, things are just developing and I get it. Everyone has their own opinion, but I'd rather do what I can to be safe than, and then be totally ignorant about it and then end up getting sick or getting somebody else sick, which I'd feel horrible about. But, you know, finding that balance between the outdoors and call ahead and make sure these places are available to go or reserve online. People really love it. And I know a lot of people that don't like it because, but they think because it's unfair that people can pre pre reserve spaces and then sometimes not even show up but hey it is it is what it is and I have a couple things that I I live by now and one of them is you know I can't be upset about something that I have no control over I used to find ways to get upset or or agitated about little things and and it really takes a lot of energy and it really shapes your your mindset into the negative mind space and it's not a good place to be. So I I just, I have to remember and I, I tell people around me sometimes like you can't be upset about things you can't control. And, and that's very little things. And when it comes to other people reserving spaces, using the, the tools that are out there, you, you can't be upset about that. Just do your part to call ahead and see if the places are available. And if they are, great. And if they're not, see if there's something else you want to do. I actually have a trip planned this week. And I had planned it because it was spring break. And so we booked our sites almost three weeks ago now, I think. And we're we knew that so my daughter loves the beach, and so I wanted to do something that could involve the beach and also check out some state parks that we've never never been to. So we're checking out Lake Corpus Christi State Park. One of the reasons why we picked Lake Corpus Christi is because it's also a CCC park, and I definitely want to visit that. But it's semi-close to the beach, so originally when we had planned this trip, we were going to be able to go to the beach but not be on the beach like some of the other state parks that are actually on the beach because of spring break and we didn't want to be around a lot of people that were there at a party so i decided we were going to go to lake corpus christi state park by the time this episode airs we'll already be home so if you wanted to come find us and hang out Mm, sorry, we're, we're already going to be home. By the time you're listening to this, you can't come surprise us with snacks. Because <laughs> I'm sure people are just wanting to do that. Um, yeah, so that so so when you're listening to this, we, we will be able to talk about Lake Corpus Christi um, in the next episode. So at this point, I don't even know if we're still going to go. But as of right now... Um, the plan is to go to Lake Corpus Christi State Park, and she's excited, and I'm excited, and so it's about 
kind of getting all that stuff together and getting ready for another trip. We haven't camped since last summer, and that was really, really hot, and this is going to be a different time of year. And we also have a bigger tent um, than we did last time, so we'll have a little bit more room than we used to in our old tent. And it should be a good time. And and my wife, um, Mama, is un, unable to make it to this trip, unfortunately. But, you know, when my daughter is off of school for spring break or summertime because I work retail, I don't have weekends off. So I definitely try to utilize those times for her and I to hang out and do something fun um, just to kind of get some of that time back. She's 10 and... Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure I'm, I'm making a bigger deal about it, but I don't know how many more camping trips she's going to want to do after she hits a certain age with me. And so I, I would like to go to as many camping trips as we can as that she's she's into and hopefully create a love and a passion for the outdoors. So when she's a little bit older and finally comes back to comes around to her senses it's it's part of her life and that's something that her and I can do um and have some fun her and I for for many years to come but for now I'm just trying to steal those moments when I can for 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 her and I so looking forward to that and I'm looking forward to getting through this you know the the United States is a resilient bunch and we've been through a lot as a country and there are many times in history when things have gotten bad and the most important thing that we can do and we need to remember is that positivity needs to outweigh everything else because in some form or another we're all going through this together and how we treat each other during these tough times will be a true reflection of ourselves and something that when we look back on this moment, we can be proud of how we handled it or or learn from it. But I'd rather just be proud that we got through it in solidarity and and worked together to keep each other as healthy as we can by following the guidelines that have been put in place. And I, I really hope that everyone gets on board and, and stops doing the grocery hoarding and being mean to each other at the grocery stores or at the gas stations or trying to tell people that what they're doing is wrong when they're trying their best. You know, just positivity, smile. The employees that are working at some of these places where people are being just not good citizens you know it's not their fault they're just there to 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 help facilitate and those are the people that you need to tell them thank you just with a little bit more passion behind it and and smile i was at heb today and just seeing them all working if you're a sidebar if you're not from texas or or just aren't paying attention, HEB is kind of our main grocery store and just the work that they've been doing to get everything back on track from from panic to 
swift response to now announcing today that they were donating millions of dollars to help people in need and and just remarkable that the the leadership of the grocery store has been able to kind of get things back on track. I was there today and you had to walk in through a certain way and they kind of filtered you in in a specific direction of the store. Kind of how they tell people to shop in grocery stores, you shop on the outside and then shop on the inside. It was kind of like that. So you walked in and they guided everyone to the fruits and veggies and and it was it was uniform and it had kind of an eerie feeling of what it would be like if you know for some countries where everything is dictated to you but in this sense it it worked and but looking at all that some of the shelves that were still empty and and you know it you can't help but understand the severity but for me also be a little bit emotional and seeing the employees still pushing smiles out and 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 being courteous to the guests and doing their best to kind of make sure we're all able to find some calmness and, and regularity and in, in, in our kind of daily routine was was very special to see but still a little bit it just made me a little bit sad walking around and just kind of taking it all in the last time I had tried to go into the grocery store, which was about four days ago. I couldn't do it. I walked in and it was just too many people and the and the mood was just different and it was more of a scramble and I walked around a little bit and I had to leave. I I, I didn't even grab a basket or anything. I, I, I just couldn't take it. And, and today it was a lot different and I was able to find a couple treats and then a couple things for dinner and, and I felt better about the whole experience so so be good out there y'all and be nice to people and and we're gonna do our best to get through this and i really appreciate y'all listening i know some people have some extra free time and and i hope hope none of your loved ones are ill and if they are i hope they have a speedy recovery and and i really appreciate all of you Hey everyone, welcome back to the Texas Trailhead Podcast. This week's episode, I'm going to talk to you about Hill Country State Natural Area. Uh, It's a park that I haven't been to before, so I was really excited to check it out. The natural areas are a little bit different because they're mostly for people to enjoy the outdoors more so than the camping. So there isn't as much camping here, but what it lacked in camping it made up for totally in the amount of trails that they had. Uh, Gail, who was super awesome at the front desk or the headquarters, um, she let me know on all the different trails that were available, which ones I would be able to knock out on the trip that I had set up. And just overall, she was super helpful and informative. And so if you're making a trip to the Hill Country SNA, then make sure you ask if Gail's working and 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 she's going to be super, super helpful. Hill Country State Natural Area is very, very beautiful. You're out in the midst of the Hill Country. It's just south of Bandera. So if you're not familiar with San Antonio, it's west of San Antonio and then Bandera is out there. And so it's south of there. So really, really pretty hilly 
there was a lot of rain in this part of Texas recently, so a lot of green. All of the red buds and mountain laurels are blooming. It was just really scenic place to hike. It was a little bit different than some of the normal hill country parks. But a lot of the same things, like the limestone rocks, were still there. So some of what I expected and some of it was really, really new and refreshing. I will say, just like Lost Maples, the cell phone service is a little bit spotty. So just be uh, just be mindful about that. If you don't know your way around, I suggest taking a picture or screenshot of the map uh, while you're out there, just so you don't get lost. I was able to utilize my satellite map on the way home. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't have remembered where to go. Because if you listen to the Lost Maples episode, oh, wait, that was a post. I haven't actually recorded that yet. Um, But when we went to Lost Maples, we got lost on the way back. So it actually took us like half an hour out of our way to get back home. So it's a huge equestrian park, so you can definitely do the trails with your horses, but they really want to make sure, well, you have to have your Coggins test so you can take your horse on the trail, so make sure you're prepared for that. But all of the trails that I walked on were, the horses were, the horse horseshoe marks were, were noticeable on all the trails, so that was pretty neat to see. I didn't, I saw one horse that walked by me and these two other hikers, but I didn't really see that many horses, but just looking at the trails, I could definitely tell that there was a lot of horses that made it um, out on that park. I went there early because time was definitely a factor. I had to pick my daughter up from school earlier than normal because she does choir, so I made sure to get up and get out of the house. It took me about an hour and a half to get there. I stopped at Bucky's on the way to get some snacks and fuel up for the day. And my pre-hike snacks, which I usually do a little bit saltier so I can retain some of that water while I'm hiking. And then my lunch for the day was just protein and some cheese. So I, I wanted to make sure I got there with plenty of time um, to to hike and, and do what I needed to do. But as you'll as you'll hear in the in the rest of this episode, I, I pushed myself a little bit harder towards the end. So be, be ready for that. Um, I recommend plenty of water for this natural area because it's pretty wide open. And while it was springtime now, there wasn't that much shade. And I imagine in the summertime, it's pretty brutal. And even for, you know, mid-March, it was cloudy, but you know, sometimes when it's cloudy and overcast, that seems to kind of dehydrate me a little bit more. So plenty of water, I totally recommend correct footwear. I was breaking in some new Solomons, which ended up working fine because the Solomon shoes were pretty awesome. But if you're breaking in some new shoes, just, you know, be prepared that you're going to be going over a lot of rocky terrain. And I did notice that on my Solomon shoes that I was hiking in that on the bottom, the soles, the it was a little bit spaced out. And so on some of the rocks that I stepped on, I could definitely feel some of the sharper sharper rocks kind of hitting my foot a little bit. But overall, um, the shoes that I got, they're, they're meant for 
that kind of terrain and the trail runners really held up nicely when I was going through a lot of the flatter areas when I needed to pick up the pace a little bit and and really helped kind of maintain on the rock so yeah um correct footwear and then trekking poles man I have kind of talked a lot uh to various people and on on the website and on the podcast about the importance of trekking poles I carry them with me pretty much everywhere that I'm gonna go more than five miles and then I carry them no matter what if I'm gonna be at a park that I've never been to so for this particular example for hill country state natural area I knew that just from asking on the Facebook page, the Texas hiking and backpacking page, I did a little questionnaire about trails that I should hike. And then on my personal page, the Texas Trailhead, I asked about the the terrain and, and everyone mentioned that the, a lot of the trails were hilly. And so I knew just based off of that feedback that trekking poles were going to be necessary. And man, I'm, I'm so glad I had them because there was definitely some times that I, I slipped, which I'll talk to about on some of the trails that I described, and, and without them, I probably would have eaten it pretty hard. I, I did fall one time, and and the, the trekking poles weren't going to help me either way because I <laughs> fell backwards, but I, I caught myself, and, and the, the rock didn't puncture my hand all the way, so that was good, but plenty of water, correct footwear, and trekking poles for the hills. So overall, the map for Hill Country SNA says that there's 10 trails. Two of them are challenging. That's Ice Cream Hill, and that's one of the ones I hiked, so more on that in a bit. And then West Peak Overlook. Most of the trails here are moderate trails. You have Medina Loop, Pasture Loop, Bandera Creek Trail, Hermit's Trail, Madrone Trail, and the Wilderness Trail. And then finally, there are two easy trails, and that's going to be the Heritage Loop, and Merrick Mile. The longest trail on the map, technically, that's posted is Medina Loop. And on my hike that I did that day, I did a huge chunk of one of the trails that, for whatever reason, isn't actually on the trail map. So I wasn't really sure. I couldn't see why that wasn't on the trail map. But it's called the Spring Branch Trail. And it's total, in total, it's 6.4 miles. It's a pretty big loop just looking at the map, and it goes from one side to the other, so it kind of goes through a lot of the terrain, but at 6.4 miles, you can do just that trail and, and feel like you got a pretty good day out of it. Gail actually gave me some really good feedback as to which direction I should go for the Spring Branch Trail, and I think if I hadn't followed her uh, recommendation, I probably would have burned out a lot sooner. Uh, I mean, that's not saying that I burned out on the trail, but I was pretty worn out, and that was a lot of that was just because of the time crunch. Uh, yeah, so I hiked most of that trail, and then from there I went on to the Wilderness Trail, and then looped out at the Ice Cream Hill Trail to get back to my car to turn around and get back in the other direction along the way gail recommended oh gail um she recommended i stop at the west peak overlook the west peak overlook it was really early into the hike and it was funny because i was kind of going at a good pace and i had passed a few people and i was feeling good i i had a full belly and 
my speed was up and and then I got to the West Peak Overlook Trail and then that's when I kind of realized that this state natural area was going to be a little bit beefier than I originally had anticipated. The limestone steps were a little bit higher than I had been used to, I mean, at least so far this year. And I hadn't pulled out the trekking poles yet, so I was kind of just going and I was starting to get winded. And I had full intention of recording the whole time and taking some good pictures and video. And so... I was getting a little nervous as to whether or not I was going to be able to film while I was here. But the West Peak Overlook is one of the highest peaks at the at this park. And from the few that I hiked up, this was actually the only one that had a uh, an elevation marker. It was 1,842 feet, so... I think I quipped in one of the videos that I recorded while I was there. It's, you know, it's no Guadalupe peak or anything, but for a quick day trip, it was definitely pretty, pretty extensive for kind of how quick I, I got up there. And, and it offered some really, really miraculous views of the hill country. It was really pretty. And like I said earlier, it was pretty overcast that day. But you could still see a lot of the park and you could see a lot of the trails below too and kind of do some early mapping of what I was going to hike for the rest of the day. Like I said, there's tons of just mild rock cliffs and limestone stairs throughout. So it was definitely a little bit challenging going up this overlook. And But I figured if, if this was kind of the highest one, then the rest of the climbs are probably going to not be so bad. But it was at this point that I I realized that trekking poles were going to be pretty essential for hiking the rest of this park. And I'm really glad that I had them this day because going downhill sometimes is harder than going uphill. When I'm using my trekking poles, I, I kind of use them as leverage to go uphill. But when I'm going downhill, they really are kind of my brace to to find my footing and kind of help guide me down the the side, especially when the rocks start getting a little bit slippery. When you're going up, you can kind of find the the place where you where you're gonna step and pull yourself up. But it's coming down, and and I could tell that the rocks were gonna start getting a little bit slipperier, and so the trekking poles really help in that aspect. In previous episodes, I've talked about kind of getting your bearings before you start your day and before you hike. The trail markers here, so, you know, if you're paying attention, it's probably not a big deal, but I tend to hike kind of with my head down because I am I have a bad habit of really just hiking for for speed and, and for exercise. I don't always hike just to stop and smell the roses. So a lot of the trails here intersect and it's very important that you pay attention at this natural area because, as I quickly learned, if you're not, you're going to go in the wrong direction. So I was hiking up towards the Ice Cream Hill Trail, and I, at this point, had made it to the Wilderness Trail, and I had passed the primitive campsite, 
and knowing I'd be on a time crunch, um, I, I kind of burned through the turn. And when I looked, I was like, oh, well, that looks like a hill. So surely that's where I need to go. And, you know, against my better judgment, went left instead of going right. And I went up the hill. But what I didn't realize after I went down it and went up another one that I was walking pretty much towards the direction I had just come from. So I was going backwards and ran into two hikers kind of on my way to this location and (laughs) ran into them again because I had passed them and then was making my way back and kind of caught up to them. And so finally, you know, I'm not a, I'm not above asking for help out on the trail. I was like, Hey y'all, have you, have y'all been here before? And they were like, Oh yeah, yeah. It's like, am I not going in the right way? And they're like, no, you got to go around. I was like, okay, great. So that was fun. So I decided to retrace my steps back to the primitive campsite. They had a little kind of overlook, or not overlook, but they had a little bit of a covered um, picnic table. So that's where I decided to have lunch. Took a breath, kind of collected myself, because at that point I was getting kind of frustrated. Just the the fact that I had done that and, and gone against kind of my instinct. But I was able to have lunch and and took some video and at this point of the day is when the trekking poles started to I don't want to say fail me because it was really user error so I have black diamond um flick lock trekking poles and so when you use them there's just the little flick that opens up and you can adjust the telescopic. And then when you get to the right setting, you flick them back and then they're set to go. The only problem is with the flick lock mechanism, they still have a screw that's on the back bracket. And I'm guessing that I was supposed to be maintaining that tightness and I never thought to tighten the screw. And just over time, it had become loose with like the locking and unlocking and so uh, at this point of the hike, when I was, I guess the second time that I slipped and was kind of weighing on my uh, trekking poles, the the screw had been loose. And so I was kind of sinking in the ground and that was definitely no fun. So on the third time, both of my arms were starting to sink and and the pocket knife that I carry could fit a little bit, but not enough where it could, you know, act as a screwdriver. So I didn't really want to force the blade of my knife too much in the, in the uh, screw on the trekking pole. So I I need to make sure I I tighten those because as I'm saying this out loud, I'm realizing I actually haven't done it yet. So I need to make sure I do that um, before I I hike again. So if y'all are on my Facebook page, the Texas Trailhead, make sure you send me a a friendly reminder to uh, tighten my trekking poles. That'd be great. Thanks. So at this point, I made it to Ice Cream Hill. It was fun. It was a recommended hike. A new time was going to be a factor, but I really wanted to do this one trail and know that I completed kind of what I wanted to accomplish for the day. So I I did the trail despite knowing that I was probably putting myself in a kind of an unfortunate position. So I did the loop on paper. It says it's one and a half miles. 
and it should take like two hours and I don't really use those guidelines, but in the back of my head, I was like, all right, well, I definitely can't take that long to hike this loop and then get back to my car. Cause it was at that point also that I realized that I was on the opposite side of the park and was going to need to hightail it back to my car. So I started getting a little bit nervous. You know, I was kind of grumpy a little bit with the fact that I had gotten lost. I mean, not lost. I I knew where I was, but the fact that I was going in the wrong direction. And then that my trekking poles, I had maintained them. So I was getting a little frustrated. And then the fact that, you know, I had to rush the way back. So it was like, all right, I made it to where I needed to be, but oh boy, I've got to get back to my car. And so that's, that's no fun. So at this point, just kind of thinking about that, that day, you know, I, I use the paper map as much as possible because the Texas state parks, the trails are typically really are marked well enough. But at this point, is when I started pulling out the hiking project app just to kind of see where I was and get kind of a better, a better idea of how much hiking I was going to need to do. I went back on the wilderness trail and then there was an intersection on the spring branch trail that met up with the Bandera Creek trail, which is a moderate trail. And I had to make a decision Do I want to do a longer trail, which was the Bandera Creek Trail? Do I want to do a longer trail, but that's going to be a lot flatter? Or do I want to do a shorter trail that's going to be a little bit more of a rocky terrain? And, you know, my brain was kind of faltering a little bit. And ultimately, I decided that no matter what, the shorter trail is going to be the way to go because... It's it's distance and and I would still have to trek a little bit farther on the Bandera Trail, even though it seemed like an easier trail. And I'm really glad I ended up making that decision because I got back to my car exactly when I finally convinced myself that I needed to be back at my car to get back home in time to pick up the little one from school. So everything worked out the way it was supposed to. I pushed myself a little harder than normal um, getting back to my car. Thankfully, the, the the so I went on a Thursday. Thankfully, the Tuesday before I went, I went down to Town Lake in Austin and did uh, some miles there just to kind of stretch my legs a little bit. So I feel like without without doing that, I probably would have been a little bit worn out. And I've been hiking pretty frequently lately. So, you know, it wasn't a big deal. So I definitely recommend Hill Country State Natural Area. It's really pretty. I think you're going to get a lot out of it. There's a lot of different trail options that people can do of all different levels of hiking. Anyone, if you're listening, I am recording this on Instagram too. So there's some random pauses. I apologize, but y'all are, y'all are live on video as well. But I definitely recommend this state natural area. It's a little bit of a drive, but you know, there's a lot of things to hike and there's a lot of things to see. It's primitive camping only looking at the map. 
I probably should have been more prepared, but there's definitely primitive camping at this state natural area. And kind of with everything going on right now, you're far enough away from everything to do some of that social distancing. So thanks for listening. Stay tuned to next week for another adventure. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Texas Trailhead Podcast. If you like what you heard, please let me know by leaving feedback on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to this podcast. You can also support this podcast with a small monthly donation to help sustain future episodes. You can find this on anchor.fm and just search the Texas Trailhead. Still looking for more? Click the links below to find the website, Facebook page, and see pictures from the outdoors on my Instagram page. So until next time, grab your backpack, put on your hiking shoes, and let's go out on another adventure. This is the Texas Trailhead.